1: Good morning and welcome to the Jason Bramlett Real Estate Show. Hope everybody is doing fantastic today, enjoying your Saturday. And as always, we're going to be digging into all things real estate right here. And, um, you know, that's just what we do every week right here Saturday. You tune in. We put your questions and your emails out there, everything you send in the entire week. Um, in this case, two weeks. So uh, <laughs> we 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 both were privileged to having a little downtime. Keith took yes. some time off with his family. I did the same, which was fantastic, which is always a, um, a much-needed thing, right, Keith? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's a much-needed thing that we, we really, really, really need to do. So we're going to dig into uh, real estate, but specifically great news on inventory. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, we got some struggling real estate agents out there that we're going to talk Give you some tips and some ideas. See if we can help you. And um, we are still doing our expansion and growth. We'll talk about that just a little bit. But a big one we're going to talk about is buyer beware. What in the world does that mean? And why are you why are you telling me to beware, Jason? What does that mean? So I'm going to dig into all that. Call the office five five three zero seven nine six. That's five five three zero seven nine six. Or just go to the website, click on that email icon, shoot us over your um your question and we'll definitely answer it through the email but again if it's a question which we think would benefit the entire triad we'll share it right here so keith let's jump right in
0: well all important topics on the show today but uh the buyer beware that seems to be the juiciest one because i know a lot of people are out there looking for homes so uh so please share what do you what do you mean when you say buyer
1: beware yeah right yeah that's that's, it's kind of a loaded like (laughs) what what, what's up with this wait what yeah, right. Exactly. So the interesting thing is that in North Carolina, um, the state in which we practice our real estate business has always been what we call a buyer beware state, um, meaning that the seller under no is under no obligation um, to have to disclose anything. They can simply choose um, this, what we call is a no representation um, option within all of their disclosures and so that's kind of how the buyer beware thing was born out of now it's it's the if you just look at the essence of our real estate that's what it is um i own the house i'm not telling you anything that's right or wrong with it you pay the money mr mr buyer you find out what's wrong with it that's it buyer beware but you know most of the time everybody played nice so the seller would disclose things if he knew that they were wrong Say, hey you know, this is broke, and this is broke, and these things are great, but, you know, that's why we priced the house the way we did, and, the, you know, and the buyers were accepting of that, right? Until about 24 months ago. <laughs> um, and then things started to change. Owners were in a different position, a different position of power than, you know, than, they, than they'd than mm-hmm. ever been, right? So low inventory gave them a little bit of a um, what they felt like was a leg up. So, you know, the buyer, I mean, really, the buyer just needed to be aware of it all, all the time uh, throughout all of, all of history. Um, but now what would happen previously is, like, the buyer would do an inspection, uh, you know, the home inspection, and, and then maybe there's some things wrong and they'd have to ask the seller to make some repairs, and, and typically they would. You know, they'd just be like, yeah, if that's not a big deal. I'll fix this and this just to keep the deal moving forward. Um, now not so much. Now the owners are like, hey, look, you know, there's no other houses for sale in my neighborhood. If you want it, take it or leave it. Uh, what's right or wrong with it Maybe a question the buyer asks. Seller's like, you figure it out for yourself. Price is the price. So, you know, the things have changed. And so as, as real estate agents, we need to make sure that we're communicating that with our buyers up front. And because from the, you know, the, the buyer's perspective may be, you know, maybe they... Maybe they've looked at some old information online and maybe listened to some older podcast or listened to a radio show from 2009, and and they have the perspective is, I'm going to spend money to inspect this property, and uh, surely the seller's going to fix the stuff. Well, they can, but they're not obligated to, Mm -hmm. and so there's a big difference between yeah, I'll agree to fix that and, and really under the contract and the way we sell things in North Carolina, the seller actually has no obligation at all to fix anything. And um, and actually never has, but again we've kinda it's been more customary. It's not really been the essence of the contract, it's just been the custom of real estate in the triad that, you know, the seller's gonna fix some issues and, you know, keep everything moving forward obviously that was in more of a market where the inventory you know favored the the buyer and, and not necessarily or a balanced market this this real low inventory you know really changed things so when you have unbalanced um, whether it's a buyers market or sellers market it always favors one party right i mean yeah. somebody's going to come out on, on on top and the previous decade Obviously, was in the buyer's corner for sure because sellers would. I mean, I remember a time when the the seller was just begging, like, I don't care, make me an offer, any offer. I just (laughs) just need a number. Just, just help me, help me, help me, you know. And and so now it's a little bit different. And you know, sellers would do just about anything to get the house sold. And I mean, it just you know, we saw some very creative things. Now, on the flip side, it's interesting. Now, buyers are just about doing anything to get the offer, you know. accepted. Uh, We're seeing them waive inspections, waive repairs. In some cases, they're even waiving the bank appraisal. They're saying, hey, look, we're going to offer this amount, but if it doesn't appraise, um, no worries. We have enough cash to pay the difference, and here's the proof that we do. And so lots of things have changed in 24 months, maybe 30 months now, but it's moved pretty quick in the last two years. So you know here's a new one you know it used to be um we saw that you know buyer would make an offer and say okay Mr. And Mrs. seller I will give you your price but I'm going to ask you to pay $5000 in my closing costs mm-hmm. how about this one Keith now we're having buyers offer to pay the seller's closing costs <laughs> it's amazing yeah. how things
0: have changed yeah we it got our is. closing costs we got our closing costs covered or at least a chunk of it covered when we bought our house and that was about 2 years ago
1: so yeah, yeah. right and I mean, I, I'm I'm seeing things where um, buyers are offering to pay for the moving expenses, uh, a week's vacation in a resort, maybe like Atlantis. Wow. Um, you know, just lots of creative things we're seeing just all across the country, um, just to get their offer in consideration. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's just very very interesting times, no doubt. But so here's the thing: proper expectations. Just don't assume you as a buyer, that the seller is going to fix anything. And, and here's, you know, here's the thing. If you have limited funds or your buyer has limited funds or you're the buyer and you have limited funds, you really need to be looking at newer homes, homes that may even still have just a little warranty left on them. If they don't, you, as, a, as a buyer, you can certainly ask the seller to do this, but if the seller won't purchase a home warranty, you should probably purchase one for yourself um, to help with some things down the road. Now you know I know there's a, a thousand different opinions about the home warranty companies, and I'll just leave it at that. I, I have seen good and bad out of all of them. The bottom line is is yeah, I, I think any warranty is probably better than no warranty, especially if you have limited funds. Now if you have money in the bank, then don't get the warranty. Just pay for the you know pay for the stuff yourself out of your cash. No nope, no problem. But for for those with limited funds, it's something you probably ought to um, consider. And you know, the home inspection today has really become more of an inf- information uh, piece than it is anything else, which is good. You still want to do that because you want to have clarity as to what you're buying. So even though you're waiving repairs, I would still get the house inspected so that you know exactly what you may or may not be walking into down the road. And You know, one thing that our company's always done for 20 years now is we pre-inspect, I'd say, 95% of the properties that we sell. um, And we've done that for years and years and years, not just in this market. So that way when, you know, if we have an owner that says, hey, you know, I I don't want to really fix anything. Like, great, let's do an inspection. Let's share it with the consumer and say, look, here's the price. And here's what's right, and here's what's wrong with the house. We're not going to fix anything, but at least you know what you're walking into um, up front. And it's worked fabulously. I mean, it's just worked great for our owners over the years and for our buyers because, you know, there's a little bit of peace of mind when the owners had an inspection, you know, by a third party inspection company and they're, you know, okay, like, here's, here's the things that are wrong with the house. I'd rather know it before I made my offer than me spend the money and find out. After I made my offer, mm-hmm. so pre-inspection removes um, just removes a lot of issues. So for agents that list homes, encourage your owner to get the home inspection, even if they are going to sell it as, as is. Great, now they can sell it as is with full disclosure, and you know that that way, when the buyer finds the, the when the buyer finds a surprise, typically is when they want to cancel the contract. Mm-hmm. It, do the pre-inspection up front, you remove the surprises. It's, right. a fra- it's a frame of mind. Friends.
0: Yeah, it's a frame of mind. If I know going in when I make the offer, it's, it's wrong, then that's fine. It's wrong. But if it jumps out at me, then I'm like, okay, what else are they hiding? Like, what else do I not know? Should I be concerned about? So, yeah, it makes complete sense.
1: That, that just man, just keep it simple. That's it.
0: So you talked a little bit. We've talked a ton about inventory, and I know that inventory has been a problem um, here in the triad for quite some time now. This is, this is not a new issue, but uh, you're seeing a few changes. What, uh, what's going on?
1: Yeah, so um, man, we had we actually had the largest increase in inventory in a year last week. So maybe the key is um, we need to do more vacations. Yeah,
0: I like that idea. We can do that. I I, I, I
1: think it's a brilliant idea. So, so yeah, um, you know, we've been—I mean, probably somewhere between sixty to ninety homes a week, um, pretty much has been pretty typical. Um, and it pretty much doubled, just a little bit over 200-plus homes went up for sale last week in the triad, so really, really good to see that. And the inventory s- stayed, so there's kind of two factors that I see. Um, one, the big two venture capital companies that I've um, that i been tracking and that are buying up what seems to be everything in our market, um, I actually pulled their report, and, and it seems over the last two weeks, they've actually bought about 50% less homes than they typically do, so that's... Leaving some properties out there available for our local citizens to buy, <laughs> which is wonderful. Um, and I also believe, Keith, we're just seeing more owners um, deciding to cash out. Like they, you know, they've run the numbers, they've looked at the numbers, and, and now their equity position is in a, in a in a place where okay, it makes sense. Maybe maybe it's not the top, but it's it's surpassed their expectation, and and that's what they're that's what they're going with. Now there is a little bit of chatter out there on social media, of course, (laughs) that uh, the end is near. Home prices are going to start to fall down and all that. And so, you know, 99% 99 of rumor is just that. It's rumor, right? But it it also does seem um, to have some persuasion for some folks. But I just haven't found any statistics that I'm tracking, like real, real hard numbers. That support that chatter, that support the fact that we're going to see a dip. Is as, as a matter of fact, um, just because we had a strong week with 200 homes, I, I don't even think if we put 2,000 homes on the market in the triad, it would shake things up that much. That's, yeah. I mean, we're still seeing 15 to 30 offers per home. <laughs> so, I mean, the demand is tremendously is tremendously high. So, nonetheless, rumors as we know do have some influence there that it is just as it is just the way that it is. But, you know, the, the past, um, I, I think also to some people and maybe reason some people are, um, I not doom and gloom is not the right. They're nervous. It's because of, you know, the perspective of the past, right? Mm-hmm. They, you know, Hey, I mean, we talk to hundreds and hundreds of people and owners every single week. And the one thing that we know is those that own during the downturn are way more sensitive to the market and how it can change and how quickly it can change. <laughs> I'm sure. It, it, and so it doesn't take a lot of chatter to make those folks a little bit nervous, right? And and so especially um, as we learned um, through our, our wonderful um, social media election process, <laughs> that um, these social media um, channels tend to feed you more of what you're what um, what's the right word consuming yeah and and so if you're consuming a specific type of content well guess what they don't send you something else they just send you more of what you're consuming so I probably wouldn't get a lot of my information off of the um, off of social media uh, let's dig into some hard numbers and some you know some facts and who has those and that should be um you know a real estate professional that's dialed into the market. you know I mean, hey, I'm just a numbers guy at the end of the day, the bottom line that's it. I just look at that and and based off the current demand for homes, the low inventory, i just i I don't see anything really moving the needle over the next twenty four months, you know now. I'm not a prophet by any stretch of the imagination, and there are, you know, certainly there's things that could happen, I suppose. But if we just trend pretty much the way that we've been trending for the last 24, uh, it may slow down a little bit as far as the percentage of increase. But I I still believe we're going to increase, you know. How much, I uh, you know, if I could predict it, I wouldn't be talking to you today because I'd have bought every single house that, you know, in two thousand eight, right? <laughs> me, me and Keith would be on an island hanging we, out. You know, you could come visit. Lots kind of vacation of time. We'd have lots of vacation time. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, no question about it. So, um, you, you know, and there and there's some influencers that are um that come up you know, in in the, that's going to throttle that market up and down too. And and that's mainly the banks, you know, as we, as we look at, you know, new home buyers coming in that need loans. Well, I've I've always told you, there's two people we have to sell the home to. We have to sell the home to the person that's going to live in it. And we have to sell the home to the person that's going to finance it, which is typically the bank. And so the bank has to be in agreement with the price otherwise if they're not then what they influence the fact and like you know what we know you we you really 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 wanted that house and we know you did because you paid twenty five thousand dollars more than they were asking but we're just not on the same page of believing that um it's worth twenty five thousand dollars more than you paid and so you'll see the banks can can push back on on the market in some to some degree now of course with cash purchases, you don't have to have an appraisal, so um, they're not going to influence that. And, and a, you know they can really influence cash purchases; can influence the market up very, very quick. So, especially like what we're feeling in the Triad is when you have money coming from outside of your local economy. In our case, we've got very, very high equity owners that are in the North that are deciding that the Triad is a great place to live which we totally agree Agreed. but they're bringing their cash and that is also pushing our our prices up because there's no bank involved it's really whatever the buyer and the seller agree and you've got the cash and well, hey man it's it's a done deal and, and it's not just here i mean seeing it all across the united states every every i shouldn't say every market but there's definitely like texas is heavily influenced right now by that are moving out of California that are really really high equity um, owners that are bringing you know kind of flush with cash from what they made on their homes in California and buying in a market that's probably if I had to guess the average home price is at minimum 50% less than you know what some of the homes that um, these these folks have sold in California so that makes a huge huge difference mm-hmm. All right, sir. Well, let's do this. Let's go take a quick timeout. And um, you are listening to the Jason Bramlett Real Estate Show. We'll be back in just a minute. And welcome back to the Jason Bramlett Real Estate Show. Hope everybody is enjoying their Saturday. And um, while wow, we're already—you know—June is cooking right through. Man, it just—we're time just goes so quick. I mean, July Fourth right around the corner, and. You know, it, then it's fireworks and crazy. Yep. And, and then we're then we're like talking about going back to school or or hopefully we're talking about going back to school. I believe we will. I, I think believe so. We will. It's
0: been a quick year. Yeah.
1: There's no doubt. It, definitely. Definitely. All right, sir. Well, let's continue on.
0: So a few weeks back, we talked about uh, the fact that you're expanding, potentially looking at bringing in some new uh, real estate professionals and uh, and some new people into your team. So how's that going? Is there any specific areas that you guys are uh, are expanding in right now?
1: Absolutely. So we um, we're, we're adding agents in multiple cities and towns um, throughout North Carolina, but specifically right here in the Triad. Um, looking at, at these are kind of our, our top markets for for agents that we're looking for. So, Advance, Asheboro, Lexington, Oak Ridge, Summerfield, Walnut Cove, King, and Mount Airy. Those are those are markets in which we have high demand of. Either uh, owners wanting to sell, buyers wanting to buy, and we need more boots on the ground. So, if you are an agent that are, is in one of those towns or cities, and, and and you are looking for opportunity, well, opportunity has found you <laughs> right here. So, um, but you know, it's 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 just a you know, it's a great it's a great place to be and a great uh, you know problem to have is um, needing to grow, right? And so that's a wonderful thing. So. Um, but it, it, like in Greensboro, Winston-Salem and High Point, we're actually looking for more what we call team uh, structure real estate companies. So it could be a small real estate company or a, a team that is within a real estate company. And so that's probably somewhere between you know five to 20 agents that are in that team or, or whatever. And, and what, what we find in both scenarios, either maybe it's the solo agent that really the solo agent probably needs support and systems and they don't they don't necessarily have all the things that they need to jump to the next level. And, and the same is true, actually, for a lot of teams that are getting started. You know, they keep hitting that plateau, um, or maybe some just individuals on the team are struggling and the team leader doesn't necessarily have the bandwidth to, um, to step in there and you know, redirect them, give them the coaching training that, or whatever it is that they need. And so we have those um, all that systems and processes set up, of course, as we talk about all the time here. But, you know, it's, it's essentially for the teams. What we're looking for is like, uh, give you a kind of a word picture is you, you take a bunch of little bitty fires and then you put them all together and you make one big, big fire, right? And that that synergy is is just a it's a it's a force that is very very difficult to slow down, and and you know I've experienced it in my career multiple times over 24 years where getting aligned with the right people, the right mentors can help you get unstuck. And hey, we all get stuck. Um, that's just called life. But don't stay in the ditch. Get unstuck. And you've got to work. First of all, you've got to recognize that you are in the ditch. Uh, that's the first key, because yeah. <laughs> some people don't. And so once you recognize that, just like there's people out there that, that are cheering for you and want you to win, it can help you. And, you know, that's what we, that's what we want to do. But combining our efforts um, is really, it's that, it's just a force multiplier that defies logic. Truthfully, in business, it really does. So you don't have to be stuck you don't have to do it alone and um you know i have helped agents and teams all over the united states i mean this past week i was just in mexico and california doing training with with agents from pr- pretty much everywhere um the whole the whole entire if you could like summarize what we were doing is like hey i'm stuck get me unstuck hey i'm stuck get me unstuck you know this is where i'm at so <laughs> which I enjoy tremendously, and um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a fun part of the business structure. So you can go to jasonbramlett.com, click on the email icon if you would like to get more information about joining, adding your fire to our fire and making one big fire, if you will, or um, call us the office five five three zero seven nine six. 553-0796. So everybody have a fantastic week. We'll be right back here next week. You're listening to the Jason Bramlett Real Estate Show.